The upstate of South Carolina is filled with many individuals, businesses, and organizations that are collectively helping to shape the upstate as a leading place to live, learn, do business, and raise a family. My name is Dean Hebel, and I'm the executive director of Ten at the Top, a regional nonprofit organization with the mission of fostering collaboration and partnership around issues that impact economic vitality and quality of life. Thanks for joining me for Upstate Gems, our podcast where I chat with upstate influencers to learn about their journey and how they are making a difference in the upstate. Today, I am delighted to welcome for this session, Justin Jenkins, the president of Paveway Express, and he can talk a little bit about what that is in, in a minute. But uh, Justin, uh, welcome to Upstate Gems. Hey, I appreciate being on Upstate Gems today. Uh, my name is Justin Jenkins. I'm the CEO of Paveway Express, a regional transportation company based right here in Greenville, South Carolina. I came up with the name Paveway Express because I wanted to pray, pave a brighter way, a brighter future for me and others. Uh, and it's been a blessing. It's been favored from God and, and hard work. Uh, we started Paveway Express back in 2017 with one truck, one trailer, one driver. Uh, five years later, uh, we have 26 trucks, around 30 to 35 drivers. I lose track because I don't deal with the day-to-day -day basis anymore. Uh, we have a, a director of operations. Uh, we have a operations manager. We have a CFO. We bring in a board of HR administrator uh, around in June and myself as the president. Uh, we also have three mechanics out there in the shop. Uh, it, and again, it's just been a blessing. It's been a blessing. So uh, tell me, Justin, you know, the, the name Paveway Ex Express, I like kind of how you explain that, but I understand that initially you were looking uh, to do dump trucks and things of that nature, and you you changed, you know, you guys are a, a, a freight uh, company. So talk a little bit about how you kind of transitioned uh, from your original idea to where you are now. Yeah, so... First, I wanted to invest in the dump truck business because they was doing the uh, the 385 quarter of the gateway project. And that was a big project I had did a lot of research on and and uh, I wanted to you know be a part of it. Uh, but I ran into a roadblock when I found out that dump trucks cost one hundred seventy thousand dollars a piece. Uh, so it, it was just like, whoa, you know this. Let me uh, back this up. So. I did more research, more research, and I found out that, you know, BMW, that right here in Greer, South Carolina, that's the biggest plant in the world. Uh, and, and back in 2017, I think they was producing around 1,300 cars a day. Uh, they done scaled up more, in, you know, by the year they BMW could tend to scale and grow. Uh, so I did my research on trucks, how much it would cost to get an 18-wheeler, uh, a 53-foot drive-in trailer, and I saw that it was more feasible and affordable to get in that industry, and it still will be a demand for business uh, getting the 18 wheelers. So that's that's what I done. And I started with that one truck, uh, one driver, one trailer, and just through relationships, uh, good customer service, uh, dedication, great employees. Uh, today, again, we have 26 trucks and about 30 to 35 drivers with a complete infrastructure uh, right now. So we'll talk a little bit more about the the business and kind of the the last couple of years how that has changed here in a minute. But I want to go back uh, and talk a little bit kind of about your journey or your history. Um, tell us a little bit. I know you're from 
here in the upstate. Uh, tell us a little bit about how you got to where you wanted to start your, your business there in 2017. Yeah. So I'm an entrepreneur by spirit. You know, I'm an entrepreneur. So I was a cl club promoter uh, from 2007. Uh, I started club, doing club promotions and that was doing okay. Uh, so I did all, that all the way until I think 12. I ran into a dark spot around 2011, uh, 2012. Uh, so you know, I got back on it in 2016. I started selling cars. Uh, you know, I wanted to open the car lot up, but then I ran into another roadblock in seeing that the cars only sell during tax season. It wasn't as fast uh, as I thought it was. So my uncle had always told me that uh, he'd been driving trucks for 15 years. He had always told me, hey, invest into a truck, invest into a truck. Uh, and I Every time I'm on the highway, I, I would just count trucks. I would just count trucks I'm like, whoa, it's, it's, a, it's a demand. Uh, so I, I met another a good friend of mine who is one of my great friends uh, to this day. Uh, he had some trucks. And so we start talking and and one thing led to another. So uh, I built up enough courage to buy the truck and he gave me all the ins and outs on, you know, what to do and how to do. Uh, to make sure that, you know, it, it, it don't fail. And, and here we are today. Here we are today. Right. Well, and, and I understand, you know, you had a lot of support and help along the way. You mentioned, you know, your uncle and your friend, but you also went through uh, the Chambers uh, Small Business Program and some other things. Talk about those resources and how they helped you uh, along the way. Okay. Yeah. So again, my uncle, he basically gave me uh, the insight on, you know, hey, the trucking industry is, is, is a demand. It's a great opportunity for you. I met my friend. He was great with giving me the ins and outs and, and also helping me. So once I finally got the company started with that one truck back in 2017, uh, we ended up around 2019. I think I had around eight to 10 trucks. Uh, and I met one, it was weird how it happened because one of my drivers was was on the road and he was actually like reckless driving, speeding. And it was a late lady by the name of Tina Stevenson's. And uh, she called me because you can get our DOT number and MC number and call the owner of the company and report like, hey, this driver is driving unsafe. So she called me and basically to report the driver, but we just hit it off on that conversation. She's, and she basically said, hey, you know, I think, I got a program that I want to introduce you to called the MBA program. And, and from that conversation, uh, she introduced me to uh, Carlo and Nika White. And Nika White is, uh, you know, over the MBA program. And so I got signed up for that program and I started January 2020. And that was one of the biggest uh, transitions and transformations of, of Paveway. Uh, again, when I started that program, we had eight to 10 trucks and, uh, we didn't have a complete infrastructure. We didn't have a TMS system. We didn't even have a logo. Uh, we didn't have a website, you know, so, you know, I didn't, I knew how to read and understand financials, uh, but not after taking that program, I really understood financials. Uh, we didn't have policies and procedures. We didn't have processes and systems. We were just running a business. Uh, and it also taught me to 
instead of working in the business, work on the business. So I, that that whole year, and it was it was during the COVID year, so it was a it was a critical time. Uh, it was a critical time because with the MBA program, you actually can learn and take stuff from you know learn that day in the class in the group and actually apply it to to your business in, in, in real time. Uh, but it was during COVID, and we still the program kept going, kept going, uh, and and uh, we had stopped you know, doing business for like four months uh, because of the COVID situation. And I'm like, whoa, and uh, we lost one of our biggest customers during that time as well. But we just we just hung in there and hung in there. And uh, after the COVID, it kind of slowly faded away around. Well, it's, it didn't fade away. It's just now slowly fading away uh, around s- August, September. That's when everything started picking back up and opening back up. And uh, before you know it, you know, one contract out another came in. We got a complete infrastructure. We got policies, we got procedures, we got processes, we got systems. And it's just like, voila, it's a blessing. All of a sudden you have a business, right? <laughs> right, 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 right. Just, just for those who don't know, um, uh, the MBA in this case stands for the Minority Business Accelerator. And um uh, Nika actually has been a guest on Upstate Gems, and and if you have not uh, listened to her podcast, you can do that on our podcast channel. Uh, yes, that's a shameless plug, um, but uh, you know that's a great story because you know I, I love what you said about working instead of working for the business, working on the business, and um, you know especially as you said about COVID. Um, you know, all of a sudden in mid 2020, um, uh, your business became one of those really key, uh, you know, components as we looked at, um, you know, the supply chain and uh, how we were getting goods uh, to people and everything. And so I guess it it really made sense that, uh, you know, your a phone started ringing with with opportunity there, and it sounds like you had, you know, because of the work with um with with Nika and uh, the MBA program, uh, you you were positioned to be able to uh, take advantage of that in a way that maybe you wouldn't have uh, uh, prior to uh, being part of that program. I agree. Uh, yeah, we was in a position to scale. Because again, we scaled from eight to ten trucks around that time to to double within a matter of months. Uh, so that program, the MBA pro- a program, definitely helped us uh, with that transition. Uh, we wouldn't have had those processes and systems in place, policies, procedures. Again, we didn't even have a TMS system, and that's is one of the key components in the trucking. Uh, but we we just didn't have it. And uh, I ended up winning the accelerator award through the program. Um, and and that, that was a blessing as well. So talk a little bit about kind of how things now have, have transitioned. I mean, we're still in a, a time where, um, you know, where freight uh, is critical uh, with, uh, you know, some of the supply chain issues that we've had. What are you seeing in terms of some of your you know, with your customers and uh, their supplies and you gain them from place to place, you know, what are some of the things you're, you're seeing now as, as it relates to, you know, the, the challenges we've had around logistics and, and uh, movement of, of goods in the last year or so? 
the bigger challenges right now for us because the majority of our freight is dedicated uh, is getting the customers to agree to price increases uh, with fuel because some of our dedicated lanes didn't have which a fuel surcharge included in, in the rate so it's going back and negotiating that rate with the customers has been a challenge uh, but we, we overcame that challenge uh, we've been doing business with these customers for the last three four years of great service so they understood what the market was calling for and uh, they basically gave us our rate increase like we deserved uh, trucks and trailers that's have been another challenge for us as well uh, you got trucks this overpriced uh, trucks that I bought around 30 is selling for 60 65 right now uh, you know trailers that you bought for 10 that that are sell for 30 40 right now so it's just like it's like a price gouge game uh, when it comes to the equipment uh, and it's like uh, scary to jump out there and buy overpriced equipment anything you buy in overpriced is scary because once the market come down within once the supply chain shop break loose and the market come down it's like now you you upside down in this in this in equipment so it's like hey should i just stay where we at with the size we at now or should we take a risk and buy this high equipment uh, so that's that's one of the challenges that we're facing as well you know another issue that we hear a lot is um and in fact uh it's been listed on a number of things I've read as the number one uh, em employment uh, job, you know, where there's a need and that's uh, for drivers. Uh, how have you, you said you have about 30 drivers. Uh, how has that process been? And have you had trouble with keeping some of the drivers because that's another thing that's going up is, is the wages. Right. And, we blessed it when it comes to that area with, with drivers. Uh, we got a family-oriented culture right here at Payboy Express. Uh, we don't treat the drivers like a driver. We treat everybody as family, and we're going to continue to keep that culture here. Uh, so we haven't ran into that problem. It's like drivers is, you know, you're going to have some a, a turnover uh, with drivers, but our turnover rate is very low compared to the trucking industry. Uh, like I said, I've been in business five years now, probably you know, four or five drivers have left us. So once drivers normally come here, they normally, they, they here to stay. They, they here to stay because we are about elevation of again, paved West Risk is not only about paving the way for myself, it's paving the way for others. Uh, and we done created a great vehicle uh, with Paveway Express helping with others. So what do you see uh, as the next steps for your business uh, you mentioned you know whether to to continue to scale up um, you know maybe that's a timing issue you know as you said based on uh, costs and things of that nature but what do you envision for the second five years of your company uh, my plans and vision is to scale the company to around 100 150 trucks uh, and with that being said we're gonna have to spread our territory out so we want to we plan on opening terminals in Charlotte, North Carolina, to give us a high lane density in Charlotte. Cause right now we don't run in North Carolina a lot. Our lane density is low in North Carolina. So we want to go to Charlotte so we can run North Carolina and Virginia freight. And we also want to put a terminal down in Charleston near the port cause it's a lot of opportunity down there with Volvo and Mercedes Benz, Mercedes Benz with the Sprinter van. 
Uh, that's what they build down there. And just a lot of opportunity coming off that port. So within the next five years, you know, the goal and with the will of God is to scale the company to around 100, 150 trucks. Great. So um, before we get into the, the uh, final uh, rapid fire questions, I, I do want to ask you a little bit about, you know, tell us a little bit about, you know, um, you and, and uh, you know, kind of, uh, I know you're a, a sports fan and, you know, and things of that nature. You know, what about living here in the upstate is, you know, special uh, to you? The upstate is, 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 is great. Uh, it's growing. It's right in the between Charlotte and Atlanta. Uh, a lot of opportunity here, a lot of opportunity here. Uh, I've been here all my life. Uh, it's just, it's great. It's great. Perfect. Well, uh, if you don't mind, we'll dive into a few rapid fire questions. Um, okay. So what I want, want you to do is um, uh, I'll give you about, um, I'll ask a question and then I want a short, you know, 10 to 15 second answer. So you don't have to think about it too much. Um, okay. First, what is something you learned and still use today from a mentor or past colleague? my dashboard, my financial dashboard. Rich Clays was uh, my financial coach in the MBA program. And that financial dashboard was a great tool uh, that he helped me and taught me with. What, what's one observation or lesson that you have learned that you would share with a mentee? Whatever you wanna do in life, Put your mind to it, focus, focus on it, pray to God, and just do it. If you were emperor for a day, what is one thing about your job or sector that you would change? I wouldn't change nothing. Wow, you're easy. That's that's yeah. good. Right. <laughs> um, so what is one thing you want to make sure you accomplish before your career is over? I want to cycle breakers is a 501c that we start in. Uh, and I want to make sure that, five, that cycle breakers get to a point where we putting a, a kid through to college, sending a kid to college every year. It's just like a, a residual. It's a pattern. Every year we putting a kid in college. So that's one of my goals, one of my Great. biggest goals. And then the last question, uh, we always hear people talk about what keeps them up at night. But what I want to know is what about your job and career gets you up in the morning? The ambition, uh, the giddy up, let's get out here and do it. And again, just do it. It, it won't get done if I don't get up and do it. Great. I think there's a, a Nike logo uh, out of that one, perhaps. Well, Justin, uh, thank, thank you so much for being with us. We really appreciate it. And, um, uh, you know, it's a great story of how you have uh, created your business and, and one that is so critical at this time. Uh, so I appreciate you sharing a little bit of time with us. I appreciate you as well. 
So thank you also for joining us for this edition of Upstate Gems. If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure and like us on your podcast app and tell your friends. You can also check out the Tent at the Top podcast channel for new episodes of Upstate Gems and our other podcasts.